You should be reading I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons, a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by Autumn Simmons from her early life, pop culture, religion, feminism, race, and relationships. I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons is available via Barnes and Noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond. Enjoy I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons.
Monday morning, I'm gonna pack my tears away. Got no cause to look back. I'm looking for me a better day. See the thing about love is that it's not enough. It's the only thing it brings you is pain. There comes a time when we could all make a change, darling. Just let go. Everything's gonna work out right, you know. Just let it go. Let it blow, let it blow, let it go. Just let it go, baby. Don't nobody want no broke heart. Don't nobody want no time to lose us. Oh no. Ain't nobody gonna love me like you are. If you take whatever he brings your way, oh no no no, see the thing of it, we deserve respect, but we can't demand respect without change. Comes a time when we must go our own way. Let love be. Everything's gonna work out right, you know. Let it go, let it go, baby. Let it flow. Just let it go. Oh yeah. 'Cause sometimes love can work out right, right now. Sometimes you'll never know it. You're never ever gonna know it. Quirk of the Day is your host and producer, Autumn Simmons. How are you? Yes, we are well into 2023 and we are approaching February. 
Many people are excited about February for different reasons, and I knew January would fly so fast. And so I'm back, and I came in with amazing R&B songs that continue to make sense. I'm so excited. Strong shit. And yes, I needed to compare something to the previous, which was, you remember, because many were listening, beautiful R&B songs that need to be questioned. I'm so embarrassed. Weak shit. And so I needed to bring in more positivity because I like R&B songs like many, many like R&B songs for millenniums, right? Yeah, exaggerating of how long you could be crazy about R&B songs for different reasons and whatnot, but we question a lot of things about music. So I wanted to go into something again, more positive about these trifling relationships. Now me, Autumn, is not into the relationship situation with this whole fake love stories or this fake love in general. It's nonsense, it doesn't exist, but a lot of people like their fantasies. And there are honestly very few who have true good relationships. Even if the relationships are like good relationships within family or good relationships within real friendship or if there's so-called romantic relationships but you have to keep this in mind you can't just have a romantic relationship without having like a genuine type of love somewhere that has to be more than just romance because romance is temporal as well so it has to be genuine and it has to be more than just romance you just can't have romance throughout you've never seen anyone have a really good marriage based off of constant great romance throughout the relationship or the marriage because we just know that does not exist it just doesn't i've heard many people during the time i've been here who have been older than me who've told me great stories about their own experiences and so we play these wonderful songs I started off with Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton is one of my favorite singers, vocalists for a long time. Like since I was about 12 going on 13, I was crazy about her from Boomerang. And I don't know why I was permitted to see Boomerang in the theater and then on the, the soundtrack. Tony Braxton is a part of that towards the end. Love Should Have Brought You Home in addition to another connection duet with Babyface as well. Um, give you my heart and so many of us like that comedy boomerang Eddie Murphy was in that one and that was his picture and so with Tony Braxton we came in with I'd rather be broke now this song comes from the duet with babyface love marriage and divorce from 2014 which came out just before Valentine's in 2014 on my former podcast, Talk Fusion Don't Call Radio. A friend of mine, we had a good time reviewing that particular duet, an album. And that album actually did receive a Grammy. Tony Braxton in 2015, both, they won a Grammy for that. And um, I wasn't surprised. The next song of Tony Braxton, we have also we've reviewed it right so let it flow was 
from 1995, Waiting to Exhale, which was a part of the soundtrack. And I was hearing allegedly during the time when Whitney Houston was really dominant too as a vocalist as well. Whitney Houston is also one of my favorite vocalists as well. In addition to Tony Braxton, I was being told allegedly that Whitney Houston was permitted to allow all the singers on that soundtrack Waiting to Exhale, which was mostly the songwriter was, as you know, Kenneth Edmund, which is Babyface and others who have also been a part of that album. And uh, some of the others are like Daryl Simmons and Antonio Reed and etc. And so with that album, Waiting to Exhale, I like that Tony Braxton was a part of that album, even if it wasn't that many songs on it, but it was great that she had Let It Flow. And that song was written by Babyface as well. And I'm curious to know how many of you listen to this episode, which is this episode is the 71. How many do those of you who enjoy R&B, how many of you have assumed that perhaps how many Grammys Tony Braxton has won and so I was curious I, I did some math to find out what she had actually won I know she'd been nominated many times I thought perhaps I don't know what to think till I remember that she won two Grammys in 1994 because her debut album Tony Braxton 1993 it was crazy about that when I was hearing breathe again on the album um and and then i wanted that album so badly and i remember during that time i couldn't have both albums mom's like uh you can't have both and i had to choose between mariah carey's third album if i'm not mistaken that was her third album and then i had to and i saw tony braxton i said okay i'm gonna take tony braxton because i already had mariah carey's first two albums sorry so i was like wait for music box I can wait so I got that one and I never regretted it and to the day of now which is 2023 I'm still crazy about Tony Braxton's music I buy all her albums and I'm crazy about Tony Braxton's art her artistry still forever and so in the midst she has won seven Grammys so if you're curious to know seven and she also won seven American Music Awards in addition to nine Billboard Music Awards. And when I was thinking about Waiting to Excel after a while, I don't even know why I wasn't thinking on this beforehand, especially back in like, I don't know, over 10 years prior to, you know who should have been on Waiting to Excel, in my opinion? Karen White should have been on there. Even if it was a couple singles, perhaps, she should have been on there. And when you hear Super Woman, and that beautiful song which was written by babyface kenneth edmund and daryl simmons on that particular one and they do add antonio reed on that but okay i'm just gonna say babyface and daryl simmons okay so with that one when you hear that type of song superwoman when i was very young like a little girl like seven eight that song because i was seven going on eight and karen white came out in 1988 so you'll be hearing more of that coming forth as we move forward about that one you're gonna hear super woman on that coming up 
towards the end you'll hear that and I'm going to go into some others the reason why I brought up Karen White right now is because she should have been on that soundtrack of waiting to exhale I honestly believe that and, and so but sometimes those things don't always happen that way but we'll get into that we'll get into that we'll get into we'll get into that and so I was looking at some of these others who have been on these songwriters I'm looking at yes I'm looking at other songwriters we know that Babyface also we he wrote Let It Flow. But I looked at I'd rather be broke and I said, How many? As in how many, how many, how many? How many aside from Babyface were part of this particular like how many? And so I looked and I said, Oh my god, okay, I couldn't believe it. I'd rather be broke. I'd rather be broke. And so I looked at it. I'd rather be broke, I found out. Other songwriters, in addition to Babyface, Kenneth Edmund, Antonio Dixon, of course, Tony Braxton is also a writer, and Leon Thomas, and Christopher Riddick, Christopher with a K, and also Cameron. I don't know who Cameron, Cameron with a K. So those were the other writers of I'd Rather Be Broke from 2014, Love, Marriage, and divorce the duet with Babyface. I really like that song. I've been a fan of that song for a long time. I can't even tell you how many of my favorite Tony Braxton's like singles. And I start with the first. That's one of my favorite is that one. And I love her Christmas her Christmas album as well. And I like the Christmas album with her siblings as well as siblings and so there are others that i really am crazy about secrets of course in addition to the heat i have several others that i like past that as well in the last several years over time in addition to the duet with babyface as well that's one of my favorites too and yeah so having said that we're gonna take a little pause and we'll come back in with other wonderful amazing R&B songs that continue to make sense about these so-called relationships. So if you were to check out I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons, you would know more on how I feel about relationships and what I feel about marriage in I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons. And I wanted to say I didn't have a chance to come in prior to until I was ready to come back into uh, 2023. I won, yes, I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons won two honorable mentions through the Royal Dragonfly Book Award. And so I was excited. I didn't know I would win two. So isn't that awesome? That's amazing. And I, I don't always know what actually is going to come into fruition, sometimes through, let's say, clairvoyance or maybe things like it. Sometimes the information can come in very unusual ways, <laughs> but this one, I didn't see this one coming. And so I'm happy that that happened. So please, if you would, especially those who are the most nosy, check out and purchase I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons. You can also purchase the hardcover or the softcover through Barnes and Noble, or you can also check out the ebook or the ebooks via worldwide online and purchase i quirky girl by autumn simmons this is a lot of fun humor 
a memoir, yes, in addition to also an essay. An essay. So that's pretty much that. So yes, I am still in California. I'm in Cali, and so uh, it's no different when I've resided in Philly. And when I was in South Philly, we were a lot of different things, moving around, a lot of vehicles, moving around wherever we may be. And so, because I'm kind of like in the city, I'm not, I'm in Los Angeles County, but I'm further away from Los Angeles. And you likely would get a sense of where that actually is, is a little further away from Los Angeles, but technically it's Los Angeles County. And so having said that, some of you probably guess where I'm presently. And so other things we're going to talk more about. And it's important to talk about what I feel about living in California for over three months. <laughs> what I think about Cali. And they call it Sunshine State as well. Similar to Flora. <laughs> Flora as in Florida, right? <laughs> Maybe I might call Florida one day called Flora. You know, did you go to Flora? Because uh, it comes out a little weird. So Florida, yes, because I don't know of anyone I've ever met named Florida, but someone likely has named someone Florida, not just Gertrude, but Florida. Florida, yes. And uh, I've never heard of anyone named California. No, I've never, but I'm pretty sure somebody has that name somewhere. So um, I said that we're going to take a little hiatus and then we'll come back and then we'll continue with this <laughs> amazing army songs that continue to make sense again i'm so inspired strong shit yeah and we'll be back you should be reading i quirky girl by autumn simmons a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by autumn simmons from her early life pop culture religion feminism race and relationships i quirky girl by autumn simmons is available via barnes and noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond enjoy i quirky girl by autumn simmons you should be reading i quirky girl by autumn simmons a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by autumn simmons from her early life pop culture, religion, feminism, race, and relationships. I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons is available via Barnes & Noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond. Enjoy I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons.
That change is very near 
welcome back to Quirk of the Day, and it's your host and producer, Autumn Simmons. I have returned for the second part of episode 71, Amazing R&B Songs That Continue to Make Sense. I'm so inspired. Yeah. (laughs) Strong shocked. Yes, we're coming in with Karen White, another legend. In addition to Tony Braxton, Karen White is definitely a legend as well. And I used to wonder how she became who she became because many great vocalists are also wonderful, great backup singers. So keep that in mind. The backup singers mean a lot. They help the music as well, in addition to producers, composers, songwriters, and different types of instrumentalists, et cetera, et cetera, regarding art. And so and we're talking music in particular. We came in with Karen White, I'd Rather Be Alone, in addition to Here Comes the Pain. Now, I like these two songs and many of Karen White's songs as well. And what I like about these two songs are about those types of no good relationships that just didn't work and a lot of people relate to a lot of r&b songs regarding relationships and it's curious how when i was thinking on karen white how soon she came into the industry i knew it was in the 80s and i do remember when i was a kid and my mother had a lot of r&b albums and O'Brien was another artist who was known back then and kind of was looking like Mike and having the look with the outfit and you would see a lot of competition and that album was during that time the mid 80s and while O'Brien was on tour and uh, he also had Karen White as a backup singer and during this period many backup artists were also having amazing time to be discovered. And so this occurred with many artists, including Whitney Houston, who's also a model, and then also Mariah Carey and many other artists who are just fantastic, including the Vandros as well. And so having said that, I found out that Karen White was eventually connected and brought in through Warner Brothers, which makes sense how she had the bond and let's just say at least the connection with Babyface. And she did have a bond with Terry Lewis, who was connected to Jimmy Jam uh, or James Harris. And so there's this Warner Brothers connection there. And so we come in with these beautiful songs. Karen White, at least that I'm aware of, had four albums. She began in 1988 the Karen White debut and 1991 the ritual of love in addition to make him do right 1994 which also had the song I was crazy about when I was in high school can I stay with you and I used to I had a Spanish uh, professor or I should call him a teacher he was young he was so young when I was like just in high school just getting started where our high school actually had middle school beginning from eight to yeah up to 12 right so when i was taking spanish i had a african-american man who was actually from los angeles and he actually wouldn't go to atlanta and when he became a as a mentioning a, a teacher he was our teacher an african-american young man who was about 
of the years, 22 going on 23. It was crazy about the song, just like many of us singing in Spanish and everything. Can I stay with you? And this is Karen White's song, which was also written by Babyface, in addition to Daryl Simmons. And of course, they would have Antonio Reed on it as well. And there would be other songs with Karen White did eventually become very well connected with Terry Lewis and uh, that became her husband and they did get married in 1991 and they stayed married for about eight years up till 1999 they had a child as well and they had a daughter and they also adopted a son as well and so this is amazing of another wonderful song that I had to hear um, a wonderful song I heard for the very first time in 1986 there's another I guess you could say maybe a producer by the name of an, an instrumentalist, Jeff Luber, and Karen White was a part of this song called Facts of Love from 1986, just before she was, that time she was signed by that time, usually it'd be like two years or so. They have that two-year period so they can develop the artist more so, especially, they already know that she had it. You listen to her voice and when they knew that she could perform and just watch her perform as this vocalist, they knew that they had something special with Karen White's voice. And every time I've ever heard any of her albums, she has a beautiful voice. She's And she's very beautiful physically. And she's known to, to be a beautiful person on the inside as well. And just with other artists, like I was mentioning, like Benny Houston and Mariah Carey and also Tony Braxton, they really love it, even with uh, like Lisa Fisher, when the artist is not just like a vocalist, but even if you are physically beautiful and attractive as well, that helps with selling as well. Being an artist and looking that way and sounding that way, it just can come with something sometimes people are taken advantage of in that regard because of their abilities as artists and whatnot and so other things I've really enjoyed about many of the artists including Tony Braxton and Whitney Houston and, and Karen White I love the magazines that we used to be crazy about like Essence Magazine, Ebony Magazine, Jet, Get Out, all of these different um, black beat soul and there are many different types of magazines many of these magazines didn't continue onward over a period of time but some we remember many of the artists that have been in a lot of these magazines and i was really crazy about one particular about um karen white which was in a us magazine and i saw she was in another magazine that was a part of uh, japan a u.s well outside of the u.s magazine there's a japanese musician or just a band, or just music in general, of a Japanese magazine. And I liked it um, to see her on the cover. She's gorgeous on the cover. Beautiful lady. And um, something else I wanted to go back to, the marriage things that don't always work. You know, I was thinking about, you know, I don't judge any of the individuals or artists about all these relationships unless we really know the truth about these these stories but marriage doesn't always work let's just be real it could be anyone and so I don't look at people and say oh okay it didn't work because of her or him and that's why it didn't work and blah 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 and sometimes when people do marry other people it creates a lot of uh, friction and jealousy with other people I found this out with Tony Braxton when she married Carrie Lewis who actually was he was a keyboardist of the mint condition now when they wanted to marry 
I didn't realize and know during this time. This is during the 90s in Atlanta, I believe, when they got married because they also had a mayor that many would know of this. I don't want to use all the names of all the, the mayors and everything. And so in the midst of it, Mint Condition had a problem with Carrie marrying Tony Braxton because of the fact that for some reason, I don't know why he decided not to continue with the band with Mint Condition and because of the bond that they had in addition to how well a keyboardist that Carrie Lewis was, it affected their business and their the bond and in addition to the type of um, instrumentalist that he was when they tried to find another it just it didn't mix the same way the bond with another keyboardist or another instrumentalist it just wasn't the same as it was with Carrie and for some reason I don't know why it, it fell out between the two of them and I don't know the story of whether or not he just didn't want to be involved with mint condition and you know because usually when you do marry you still have to work <laughs> you know so we hear these other stories I've read Tony Braxton's memoir as well about Unbreak My Heart as well with a lot that she went through and other things that had to do with finances. But just to share the information that Tony Braxton and Carrie Lewis stayed married for about 13 years. So when they married, if I, I did my research as well, when the two of them married, they married in 2001 and then they married up until 2013. They had two beautiful sons. We do know that because we were on the cover of Ebony Magazine and we were seeing Tony Braxton married Carrie Lewis and we saw it in beautiful Ebony magazine and we've seen a lot of um, Tony Braxton and a lot of Essence and Ebony and other types of magazines she's been on and had beautiful pictures as well and so yeah another song that I was enjoying was also Karen White and Babyface's uh, Love Saw It from 1988 which was definitely Karen White's first debut album of 1988 and so yeah and as I mentioned Facts of Love was from 1986 so it's very interesting and I think it's cool but it's just I just wish that um I when I was going back to that time when I was falling in like with Tony Braxton I did have Karen White's single can I stay with you I'm upset I didn't have the full album but I actually went back and got make them do right because that is a really good album ritual love is a really good album karen white the debut is a really good album and so i had a chance to listen to a piece of the 2012 carpe diem seize the day and it sounds good karen white still has it you know and, and she stayed beautiful just like tony braxton is beautiful and continue moving on with other well, with Karen, she also continued in, uh, as I understood, she became an interior design and was successful in real estate with that. And I know other artists, sometimes they they stay longer than others, and I understand why. And she's ex she shared that information. It has to do with the industry, and it's the same thing that occurred with Lisa Fisher as well. It's a lot in the industry that isn't good. It's negative, it's not positive, and it comes with a lot. And... It's not, that, you know, when you look at Karen White, I don't like to make it seem like Karen White isn't as great as like so-called Janet Jackson or even Tony Braxton or even Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston based off of the, uh, let's just call it the, the prestige that comes with being the big, big star at the top. It comes with even more 
than being at the top than the way that this comes across you know so she's a legend anyway and I was also going to mention that Karen White she has been very successful in her own right as an artist and we don't always need to win all these types of accolades all the time on these levels and so it's good for people they feel that with their ego they need that and also for business to move forward with it but it takes all of that it takes a lot of it as well and we know that Karen White has been nominated many many times she has been nominated many times for a Grammy she's been nominated for a Billboard Awards American Music Awards all of those she's been nominated and being nominated speaks volume as well for any artist who can be nominated and people are never even nominated I don't think O'Brien was nominated for anything I just because he put out a great album I remember this album I didn't like this album when I was a kid I just I don't know why I keep bringing it up but I like the cover the cover is amazing and so um I do believe that Karen White also did win a couple of NAACP awards as well and if she didn't win a Grammy so what there Elvis Presley never won a Grammy and there are other artists even Little Richard up until he was being celebrated it was like eons after like somewhere beyond the 90s and there are many artists who didn't win Grammys James Brown didn't win Grammys either and it's interesting to talk about that because there are many artists who felt that becoming the big big star would be based on how many Grammys you can win or how many Billboard Awards or American Music Awards or other awards all over the world and I could name some names of some people who won some awards and I wish I could tell you these things one day about how many of them won these awards <laughs> they cheated <laughs> that's all i want to say they cheated and others began to tell me when they left out of the body they began to tell me when many of them had all these awards the way that they came through through lucifer <laughs> all these awards eons of awards of endless endless awards who do you think brought that there huh they had to pay for that so don't ever think that whenever you've seen any of them at the top don't ever think that they got that for free okay so just keep that in mind and they want to be celebrated they want to be seen they want to be known forever to become immortal etc and that's i get it i totally get it but you know people you know they they make their deals i get it i totally get it <laughs> but we just understand over some time how these things work how these things work because you see so many artists that are great and and they're artists who are really good artists that you would never know of that are not popular and there are people who sing and you don't know who these people are and there are millions of people who are great artists in anything that they're good at and everybody doesn't get to be known until they have who lucifer yeah lucifer so that's how people would get known <laughs> throughout the world because of the devil so that's how they if you listen to the music you would hear it in the music if you if you read the books the magazines and the way that you know they i gotta think they gotta thank god they gotta thank god they got they got yeah they, they have to thank the god yeah they thank the devil absolutely okay so let's keep that in in mind of what has been and people would talk about it so at some point people became more open about it and people put it in the music they put it in the music so you can hear it and it didn't just have to be hip-hop artists there'd be all types of artists they put it in the music 
It's in the music, okay? It's all over. So we get these things. And I already told you about Lucifer, who he actually was, and the type of being and entity that he is, how far he goes back. Stop thinking of Lucifer as a being or who you call God. Stop thinking of him as a being that was only here with this recent kind of new name. He's had many names and he goes back over 2,666 years. That's how long that goes back with a different name. You think he was known as Lucifer back in, in Kemet or Egypt? He was known as Lucifer then or Rome or with the Greeks. Do you think he was calling himself Lucifer then? No, he, he switched up his name and got a new name and had everybody get into this name based off of him using fake magic. Or let's just put it, it was real magic, but magic that he stole. Okay, so in the midst of it, that's how he put people on. And you had to pay for that. It was never it was never easy it was never free and it comes with something okay so just keep that in mind and i just had to bring it up about that because a lot of people we we get into that with like you know who's the greatest who's the greatest we have these conversations who do you think is the greatest and to be honest the reason why we would think who is the greatest is based on what lucifer put in the magic of it which he stole to make that who is the greatest to make us think who was the greatest it's not to say that these people aren't good, but he used spells to make other people greater than others. So just keep that in mind. And so we're going to take a pause and we come back and finish up with, um, I'm going to bring in another artist, Lisa Fisher. One of my cousins used to love Lisa Fisher, especially for how can I ease the pain. And we're going to take a pause and I'll be back. You should be reading I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons, a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by Autumn Simmons from her early life, pop culture, religion, feminism, race, and relationships. I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons is available via Barnes & Noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond. Enjoy I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons.
Welcome back to Quirk of the Day. It's your host and producer, Otto Simmons, and this is part three of episode 71, Amazing R&B Songs That Continue to Make Sense. I'm so inspired. Strong shish or strong shay. Yeah, so in the midst of it, as I was mentioning, the last or the previous episode regarding Karen White, so going back to I'd Rather Be Alone, the songwriters Terry Lewis, 
James Harris, which is uh, <laughs> Jimmy Jam, and Karen White, Karen White, in addition to Gary Johnson and Stanley Howard. Those were all. Those were all the writers. I'm assuming that there are those who are also producers, composers, in addition. Usually when you see five or seven or ten, come on, everyone's not just songwriting. They're, they're producing, they're composing, in addition to songwriting. They may not necessarily all be the songwriters per se, unless you just want to be extra, get the extra, try to get paid, you know? And we've seen producers do that, getting paid, right? You've seen these movies. There's this other movie that had uh, Frankie Lyman was in a movie about why the fools fall in love and you remember how the producer would pimp all the pimping that's been happening it's a lot of pimping in the industry it's been pimping for a long time so that's that's how dope he started the pimping he started that pimping that's where that pimping came from so anyway and other wicked stuff that he and involved in and, and pushing it out there and everybody think that's normal okay yeah so that's that's the devil okay another artist background vocalist lisa fisher lisa fisher has been a background artist for a really long time she began with luth vandros and continued as his backup vocalist for like 22 years see that's longer than marriage you see that? yeah and so in the midst of that lisa fisher has also worked with tina turner back in like 2000 for tina turner's 24 7 seven up no the 24 7 tour and she also worked with the rolling stones mick jagger as well and also i think it was shaka khan as well shaka 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 and so anyway um moving forward with how i ease the pain i've been hearing that for a really long time you still hear it all over the radio forever and that's based from lisa fisher's 1991 debut which was so intense. Lisa Fisher, I was under the impression she had a second album as well. Um, that album didn't do as well as the first album, but the first album, so intense, How Can I Ease the Pain, which she did co-write that song, in addition to a gentleman by the name of Narada Michael Walden. And I'm assuming that Walden, is this likely who I'm assuming? No, that's another gentleman who also co-wrote with Babyface Watson for Karen White's Here Comes the Pain. Okay, so going back to, again, Lisa Fisher was also a songwriter as well. Whitney Houston was not a songwriter. Aaliyah was not a songwriter. Tony Braxton also was also a songwriter at times as well. And uh, I can name some other names. We know Mariah Carey was a songwriter. Tina Marie was a songwriter. We get that. We, we get that. And so moving forward with this wonderful song how can i ease the pain beautiful song great producers composers instrumentalists beautiful song forever beautiful song forever now lisa fisher did win a grammy back in 1992 and i'll tell you i remember i was watching i used to love watching all the awards for music specifically especially the grammys especially for the American Music Awards, in addition to the Billboard, I used to be excited about watching all of this, and so they made it so exciting back then when I was a kid. And so I saw that Lisa Fisher did win. It was a tie with Patti LaBelle. They won Grammys for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. 
And so that's what it was. And then I found out after that, years after that, that Lisa Fisher also received an award, an Oscar winning in a, for a documentary. Yes, uh, Lisa Fisher received an Oscar winning documentary film from 2013 and the name of the documentary film is 20 feet from stardom i never had an opportunity to see this documentary and it's very interesting because this specific documentary it gives praise and honor to the backup singers as we were mentioning about the backup singers how important the backup singers you cannot be a backup singer unless you know how to sing you have to be able to sing so if you were like a person who's like a great singer at some point you all would have to be a backup singer and you have to get in the, get in the back you know get in the back now there'd be exceptions beyonce had an exception i don't think she was ever a backup singer for anyone suffered when she was a kid with the group that she was in when they were kids on all the star, all the star shows that used to come on. We used to watch that back in the day with all of them that were on. What? Star Search. Star Search. The star show that they used to call it back in the day. I almost forgot the name of it, but they, they used to sometimes, you remember before they were Destiny's Child, they didn't win. And there's this other these guys it didn't matter if they were white guys they were a little older they they won like how many so many stars of four <laughs> you saw Beyonce like when you listen to her album how she she actually puts them down by the fact that they won eventually and then it was making them look bad because of the fact that just because they won them stars <laughs> <laughs> that was all they had right so it was just like yeah so who came up after that and she needed to stop stop Beyonce stop <laughs> being petty <laughs> secretly being petty <laughs> like yeah yeah so we came up they, they were kids they were and they were kids too they were like perhaps young adults probably in their 18s or 20s or something like that and so having said that, this is so funny. She does some bow, right? She was the bow. Bow bitches. <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh. I said, what? We need to bow. Okay, y'all calm down. This is what Lucifer be doing to people. He be making people crazy. <laughs> making people crazy. They be acting out of character, okay? Because Lou was out of character, making people out of character. I think some of us have that in us naturally. But he just kind of pumped it up to bring it on out. So who wants to see like any artist or any, like for instance, if you're an athlete, nobody wants to see a bum. Nobody wants to see someone that's not doing well when they're on stage and they're to perform and be an entertainer and to just, again, entertain in front of everyone and be great. And if you're not, people are going to put you down. They're going to spit on you. You've seen people, even with Lil Wayne, when he was on stage, some badass kids or even if they were adults but they was badass kids they were like throwing like beer or bottles at him he was like you're gonna be throwing stuff at me okay so you have heard the story sometimes people be looking at people why they up there why you know and they'll be like you know can you get up there you know and it's just like they the competition and they would see other people. One time when I saw Nicki Minaj she was on stage and she was just becoming a big artist and you have to remember what Barry told Mike when he was young, you don't give up that mic. You know, you you on stage, you don't let anybody hold your mic. <laughs> she had to learn that. Somebody would come up on stage and 
Then they want to hold the mic and run it and crap. No, get get off the stage. What are you doing? Okay. So you see the people, they become jealous of what Lou put out like that, that magic. It made people go crazy. It made people go crazy like it's crack. Like he did something with the crack. And people thought it was just the drugs. No, it'd be in magic. He put crack in magic. <laughs> that was awful. He's terrible. That's why he's going to hell. <laughs> he's been in hell. And he's going back. So anyway, that's your guy. That's your father. Okay. All right. I told you there other deities besides him. He let me know too one point. He said, there are other masters. <laughs> tell him. But it didn't be mad. They're like, why he tell you not tell us? You know why? You know what that is. Why he tell you and he ain't tell her? And they be upset with Lucifer. They be like, how come you gave him that and you ain't give us that? How come they got this? How come we didn't get that? Huh? Huh? And they be upset and he be smacking their butt. They be getting, you know, <laughs> whatever. People are ugly. Y'all ugly too. Anyway, he ugly, y'all ugly. Just ugly. Just to be ugly. What did we say about that? There was a book about God don't like ugly, the uglies. <laughs> Woo. Okay. So having said that, I think it was pretty much all of it. Wasn't all of it with 20, <laughs> what is it called? 20 feet from stardom. 20 feet from stardom. Is that 20 feet from hell? Okay. And that's archiving oral histories of artists. Yeah. And he's something else putting everybody in hell. Cause he was in hell himself, so he needed some company. <laughs> Isn't that awful? <laughs> and and you don't like to tell him. You don't like to tell him the real truth. And besides your little Bibles and other things you put out in these magazines and looking white. Yeah, you pale, but you ain't looking that way. Why you do that? Why you make yourself look like that? That ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> Making people think you look like that next to Oprah in the magazine that's bullshit and it's hilarious but it's weird so having said that i am out and i'll be back probably next later in the week i wanted to bring up some more uh reviews on some other fun stuff that i like other artists i was thinking i'm not gonna tell you i just put it out so having said that thank you for tuning in to i quirky yes i quirky girl by autumn simmons the book and but this is quirk of the day but also check out the book i quirky girl by autumn simmons check out the book it's available for those it's some information in there there's stuff in there if you really love lucifer that much he's in there too you can read it you know he, he was in it <laughs> okay i'm a little embarrassed that i had the audacity to want to go to denny's remember denny's when they were being racist and then they put this commercial out and uh we're not perfect so I went back just to try because Denny's been open for like 24 hours and it stinks there and they had a problem with me bringing in a couple of cats that were in a little bag and they preferred dogs they got a problem with cats in some places they prefer the dogs all right cats have been living in there and they just didn't want cats and I was like I ain't going back to Denny's it stank and Denny's again Denny's is stank don't go to Denny's I'm tired of your guy he brought the stank.
He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. I am Ed Sophie. And I'm not here to wear a cross. You know, I've never believed in Jesus. Never. But I've never believed we were monkeys either. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. I'm Dawn Spencer. I don't believe that I've believed in anything more than a paper cut, and that's rather sharp. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not. Coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. I was a Baptist as a little girl. Even if I was a Girl Scout and went to 4-H. We were Christian. I became a sunbeam. The first time when I was 16 and a 21-year-old gentleman came by when I was at work, he told me that Jesus was not coming. He wasn't coming back. He wasn't coming. He just wasn't coming. And that Asians were aliens so black and white people aren't aliens? I thought he was crazy. I thought he was. Would you like an onion? How about some sweet potatoes? He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He coming to save anymore he's not coming to save anymore he's not coming to save anymore I don't 
know if Mr. George and Louise Jefferson believed in Jesus? Yes, I'm Florence. You know I'm Florence. You always know this is Florence. I know I didn't believe in all of it at all. But many will say, it ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore he's not coming to save anymore i told you my name's martha johnson yes going to church and being in the choir and being a dancer and playing music is about being seen as if you're famous. You want to be seen, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? <laughs> He's not coming to save anymore. He's not coming to save anymore you just don't want to understand it that's all you just don't want to understand damn good morrow dear world henry there's someone at the door please henry there's someone at the door yes yes as i was saying I am Beatrice Nightingale, and I am your etiquette life coach, here to teach decorum and polite manners, and of course, good posture for today. Nathaniel, Henry, Henry, would you please get the bloody door, please? Yes, for today, Nathaniel Bottomstock has taken the liberty to pen me inquiring the best measures for improving one's posture. First, thank you, Nathaniel, for relating your query to me. Your penmanship is most impressive. Ex Henry, Henry, would you please answer the bloody door? Please, please, for the umpty... Wait a minute. I... The acquire? Acquire carolers in July? They're singing. Do you? They sound like angels, but this is not the right. Henry, will you send the carolers, the choirs away? The choir, send them away, please. It's flustered. Was it the Lord? It's not the Lord. As you know, I am a firm Protestant supporter of Martin Luther in good standing with the church. I'm not a bloody Catholic. Henry! Please take care of the door and let me get on with today's edition. Henry, was it the Lord? Which Lord? Well, 
did you by any chance think that I presumed it to be Lord Byron? That Lord? Henry, please answer the door! Henry, your penmanship is most impressive, especially in this present electronic era where beautiful penmanship or pinwomanship has fallen into oblivion. There is a quaint charm to your cursive writing. I simply admire the eloquent style in which you dot your I's and cross your T's. <laughs> now, let us remember polite manners and excellent posture are critical if not vital elements that lead to success. First impressions are most memorable and certainly enduring, practically impossible to eradicate. Always remember to smile cordially and to offer a firm handshake, particularly if you are a gentleman. And I'm presuming, Nathaniel Baltimstalk, that you are a distinguished gentleman. If you are a refined lady, a smile and a curtsy still goes a long way, but remember to wear your most pristine pantalets beneath your bustle and wear less rouge. Unless, of course, you fraternize in Moulin Rouge. This is proper etiquette. Now, back to posture. Remember to breathe in and to slowly exhale. Stand strong with your shoulders back and your chin held high. You should feel confident enough to be amongst the heads of states, even if going before Queen Elizabeth of England. This has been another edition of Ask Beatrice Nightingale and I will be back next week with more of your inquiries on proper manners and excellent posture as your etiquette life coach. Henry, please! Thank you for getting the door.